0: Thank you for listening to Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Boddy. This is episode 19, Leda, Lady Soul Garcia, The Equity Uprock Act Two, recorded February 25th, 2019, in New York City. Oh.
1: Let's start it up now.
0: Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Bonney is a proud partner of Teaching Artists Guild.
2: Teaching Artists Guild. You know, we just had Gene Johnstone, the executive director, on.
0: Oh, yeah. That was a great episode. Thanks, Ben. You're welcome, Courtney. (laughs) Uh, Could you tell me a little bit more about Teaching Artists Guild?
2: I can. Teaching Artists Guild is a national network of teaching artists and arts education leaders. They've been around since 2013 and Teaching Artists Guild or TAG has provided resources and communication about the growing field through their website, databases, and quarterly magazine. They also feature a pay rate calculator and have recently launched an interactive map of the field. Oh, and they also offer dental and vision. Discounts all across the whole US of A.
0: That's amazing. You can visit them at teachingartistsguild.org to learn more about all this fabulous stuff.
2: Tag where the resources are abundant. <laughs> Hey, hey, TA listeners, we really appreciate you listening and we know that you're telling people, but keep talking, keep it up, keep it up and keep talking about teaching artistry and tell your peeps. Um, We know you are, but if you tell somebody and they tell somebody and they tell somebody, then we continue to grow our community of listeners. And remember to subscribe if you haven't already uh, and rate us on the Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on all the social media platforms, the Facebook, the Twitter, the IG, aka Insta, aka Instagram. Thanks. <laughs> That's me trying to be cool. It's not happening. Um, but you know, uh, we really appreciate all the things that you're doing and the work that you do um, in to celebrate and advocate uh, the arts. Um, speaking of, celebrating and advocating. Happy Pride Month. Happy World Pride. It's all happening. This is the 50th anniversary of Stonewall, where the Pride Parade actually started as a protest. And in some ways still is, because I believe that celebration, honoring others and uh, with love and joy, is a form of protest. And millions and millions of people are expected to be in New York City to celebrate uh, this weekend, and I look forward to seeing the celebrations that are happening around the world. I had a chance to walk in the Brooklyn Pride Parade uh, with a group called Broad Views on Broadway. Uh, that is a beautiful company, uh, Small But Mighty. We were a small but mighty group of people that I knew from um, artists and, and artists, basically. And um, their group coming together, which was super fun. And then, uh, uh, the 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 route is on Fifth Avenue and goes up to Ninth Street. And gosh, I hadn't walked in a parade since high school, so that's that's one thing. Um, and then it reminded me actually of walking in those parades in my hometown where there are no barricades. It was just, you know, line, this sort of street was lined with uh, all these people cheering and so happy, so very happy and dressed up um, just like the people who were walking in. We were sandwiched uh, between the the set of cheerleaders. I don't know their name, unfortunately, but they were really great. Um, and behind us was uh, the Alamo Draft House. So uh, it was it was really fun to be a part of it. Um, it was great to see people that I knew along the route and hugging people and people shouting out, hey, I've, I listened to your podcast. <laughs> also, um, this little boy came up to me. Okay, so let me tell you about my outfit. So I was wearing purple, like all different shades of purple, which equals spirit, which I have in spades. And I had a golden cape on which is, I guess, the yellow, but that cape, and it was so windy. And so between the purple and the cape and the wind, it was all happening. And this little boy right towards the end of the Parade route, like literally ran up to me, practically gave me a hug, but didn't, but just yelled, like yelled in my face, like, I love your outfit and then ran away. And I was like, thank you. The what? The yay. 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 Love. Yay. Golden capes. Yay. Um, yeah. that It was a really beautiful day. And, um, I hope that you find your own way to, uh, celebrate, um, as we should, you know, okay love is love y'all so we are continuing the conversation I had with Leda Lady Soul Garcia dancer choreographer and 2018's Three Arts RH Restoration Hardware awardee she shares more about her career and her passion for this work and I really really think that she is um a badass and I'm I'm here for it so enjoy the conversation with Leda Garcia episode 19 act two lady soul the equity uprock i like this idea of thinking about re-looking at the model the yeah. empo- the, the 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 employee structure model um yes. so, yeah so like lincoln center education um they have like a certain they have a large roster of teaching artists and there's a portion of a small, but there's a portion of those teaching artists who are full time and they belong to the union. I don't know any of those details, but all I know is that there's there are part time teaching artists and there are full time teaching artists and um, those artists have like a certain amount of, of days where they are are required to not work so that they are practicing their art in whatever capacity that might be. And then they have other sort of re- administrative responsibilities. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I don't know all the details inside of that, but yeah. they are staff. And so I'm, I'm assuming they also get all the the sort of full-time staff um, uh, benefits and, Benefit. and other sort of um, compensations and, and such. So that's, that's an interesting... Thing that, you know, I, I know we have my organization has really not gone too far into it. But, you know, every year we have some teaching artists who are, um, you know, there are a lot of things that are going on in their life. And we sort of put them and say, no, you can absolutely stay on the roster. You let us know when you're available and we will work to make sure we can provide some work during those periods. Um, or for that particular you know event or something like that that you're available mm-hmm. for because we want to work with you. And then we have other artists who, you know, they are literally just wide open and ready for almost anything. And so they get a lot more work because they're more available. but are they working more than 20 hours a week? No. Um, we've structured it as so, as such, um, because that's sort of in the structure of our model, of our current programmatic models that has been working. But if we were to do a little bit more, um, take a little more more time to think about what does the, employ, like, what are the programs? Have they shifted? Could they utilize, could we utilize some people who would be working more than 20 hours per week? And if so, what what could that mean? You know, could that's an interesting, I, I have no idea, like again, I'm just sort of yeah spouting, <laughs> but that's interesting to think, you know, maybe we need a mixed employment uh, model that could, could help in some way and that it doesn't have to be tied to this this specific six people or however whatever the number is but
3: right and then I also Hmm. wonder (laughs) I also wonder too if uh administrators or funders or whoever Mm -hmm. um if if they think about artists in a particular way right Mm -hmm. sort of this the stigma that I believe follows artists that, you know, we don't know how to manage our time or we're not great with, you know, I don't know, fiscal responsibilities or we, you know, we may not want that extra admin work attached to the work of teaching art. So I also wonder about that as well. About
2: about the the Just image. Just about
3: how how people who are not artists, perceive
2: artists. Ah, <laughs> uh, the perception. No, I understand. They're flaky, they're this, they're like, yeah. yeah, I got you. Yeah, no, that's a <laughs> that's a big conversation <laughs> about the perception. I mean, we have a lot of, again, I can only really talk about the teaching outside I, that I personally work with, but like so many of them, there's a lot of systems that we have in place to be able to communicate with us, to get offers, to get confirmations. Yeah, there's so much, we, we meet pretty regularly and how do you like pick up shifts and you know, we use all all the things, and if you're unable to sort of get into the groove, it's a challenge, right? And so, um, you know, what do we like penalize somebody who who may you know need a little bit more support, or do we find ways to find that support? We're not trying to change. Like, are we like what's the word, shaming people? Like, that's not that's not right.
3: No, not at all. <laughs> no,
2: but but,
3: but um, I also think that there's not enough resources presented to us. Mm. So um, I feel like a lot of the times, artists are looked at um, sort of like interchangeable or kind of this revolving door. Okay, well, if you don't want this $1,500, $2,500 contract, well, we have 10 to 15 other applicants here, mm. you know, who may have applied for that same yeah, grant cycle. I see what you're saying.
2: Yeah, that you sounds see, like I'm, echoes of, of your of your producer guy being like, why are you depriving these guys a, a way out? It's that same kind mm-hmm. of mentality, right?
3: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. no I (laughs) love it I love it though that's these are big things you know what it's really this is this conversation is making helping me to realize um I I think a, a a potential show or episode of this podcast could be should be conversations with people um in different um uh, parts of the, the nation to talk about this very subject yeah um, so we have different points of view it'd be really interesting to have you somebody from New York um, uh, maybe Gene Johnstone um, and you know, a couple other like entities that are looking to support teaching artists um, to have this conversation. So like people who are on the ground, administrators, and people who are working for networks that are trying to support teaching artists to have literally this very very topical, important conversation and to get those different kinds of points of view. Yeah. That is that's a that's something I can work on. I'm gonna work on that.
3: I would love to be a part
2: of that <laughs> no because I like I think you bring a really interesting perspective that I haven't I haven't had the experience of working in the commercial industry for which I'm working in the education component of that industry so I think having people who have really worked in in different fields within the mm-hmm. arts is also like really important to have as part of the conversation that I, c- currently for me I haven't been. Having mm-hmm. this conversation with people who have that experience as well, not to the degree that I think you've had, maybe. Um, I want to move on from this conversation, though. Yeah, I literally, sure. could we could have this, you know, for twenty more hours? But um, um, I think I had asked you, you, maybe you answered it, but I want to ask it sort of different. Like, so you were announced. I, I sort of, before we started recording, I was explaining how right. how I know you <laughs> without yeah. ever having met you, is that I was on the panel for um, the awardee, the uh, awards for um, the Three Arts Award, and um, specifically on the panel for Teaching Artists, and so, okay. um, you know, I was really proud to be a part of that group. Um, I was proud to, to be introduced and then learn more about Three Arts, introduced to and learn more, and... Um, to really delve deep into some of the work that you do. So like, I, I'm curious, like when you learned, well, I actually asked Elgin the same question. Uh, first, of all, I'll ask one question. Why did you apply? And like, what was the story behind applying? And then what happened? Like what exactly happened when you learned that you won? Or you awardee? <laughs> yes,
3: I love telling that story. <laughs> okay. So why did I apply? First let's back up, at it, because the timeline here was very critical uh, in terms of whether I would apply or not. Um, at the time when I received the mm-hmm. nomination letter, mm-hmm. which is the invitation to apply, um, I looked at it, but I didn't click onto the application because a part of me had been disacquainted numerous times uh, with applying for a local grants um, as an artist. and. I ignored <laughs> the the letter for a little bit, mm. um, and so that was my initial thought. Was mm, you know I spent a lot of time, you know, with some of these grants, and after getting so many uh, rejection letters, I was not pleased with the grant process. Mm. And then I received a follow up email because I, I think they just wanted to know are you going to take this opportunity to apply or not? And fairly so, because they should invite somebody else if I'm not going to do it, right? Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Um, and so finally I went uh, into the link and I was like, All right, there's a lot of narrative here. That's going to take some time. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in the middle of writing my first draft of my solo show, which was coming up in a few months. And I was also in the middle of choreographing a segment of Y. Clef Jean's show, which was coming to Chicago. Um, And he is. A friend uh, from when I was living and going to school in New York City when he was a part of the (laughs) Fuji's. So all these things were going on at the same time and then I had to ask myself oh god this means you're going to be up many many a night if you also take on you know this responsibility of applying um, for the award. Mm And so I said, F it, I'm just going to be <laughs> up all night for plenty of nights for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So I spent uh, a lot of nights uh, or days napping. <laughs> I, would, I would nap, work, nap, work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I got it all done. Well, what ended up suffering a little bit was my show. Which I was not afraid of because it was preview work. And I did my best and and got as far as I could with with my solo show. Um, but I, you know, everything got done. The grant got written, Y Club Show happened and got documented. Mm-hmm. And I previewed some of the work and then did a stage reading for the rest of it. And so I had to have this conversation with the audience that night about why my show wasn't finished.
2: Wow! <laughs> wow!
3: But I told myself it's okay. Mm. Why is it okay? Because this is what the hell y'all came to see, <laughs> hear, and talk about my fucking life. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow. And so yeah. So, then mm-hmm. it went from performance, page reading, post-discussion. So, yeah, that's the backstory.
2: <laughs> you know, it's so, funny. Elgin had a, a, a fairly similar story. It was like, I, I don't know if I have time for this. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. really, like, there's something... Tell me if I'm crazy. <laughs> but, like, we work so hard. And on my own journey, I've had people say things like, like when I'm getting a massage, like, oh, you deserve this. And like burst into tears. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or like, I love to swim. And I sometimes when things are getting really stressful, I stop swimming. And then somebody says things like, no, 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 you deserve this. And I start to cry. you know so I'm curious like you were working so hard you were doing this huge project and you and somebody nominated you for something and you were like "Oof, Ugh. Oh. and is there was there any part of that that you were like I you know yes you were burned before from other you know previous applications or proposals and um, whatnot but was that a and part of it was it like burned. do I deserve that I wouldn't
3: it? call it burned
1: okay. so
3: I, would need, I wouldn't call it burned um I I would just say it's okay. My work is not for everybody.
1: Mm.
2: I see My so. voice, mm-hmm.
3: my body, mm-hmm. my background. I'm not for everybody, and I'm okay with that because
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> I was good for three eyes, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely, I think you know one of the things that I, if I were, if I'm recalling correctly, something in your. Um, for, you know the, what, I, I probably shouldn't talk too much about the process, but basically like you do yeah. some work on your own, and then when you're in the room, you go through each candidate, and they give us more materials to go through. So, mm-hmm. but on in my own process where I was sort of looking through the materials, I was like, mm hmm, I'm feeling this, and then when we came down to looking at more materials, there was something that I kept coming back to that ultimately for me was the reason why I was like, yes, this is the person, and it was something about. You know, it was something about like, I've been at this and at this and I believe so deeply and to get any sort of sort of recognition for that. That's not why I'm doing this work, but it would be really great to have that. And I, that w- for me, it was like, oh, I feel this. And I remember like the girls feeling that, like whatever the the work of one of the the uh, artist samples was, is that there's this, like these girls who were really feeling themselves and they were like eight. And I was just like, <laughs> yes. I was just like, I mean, it takes a lot for a little one to feel that good, to share that with that abandon, with that joy. And I, I don't know, that was for me, like, this is, this to me is a testament to this woman's work. Um so I'm really I'm really like I know like, we haven't met but I feel very proud of both of you. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and you're working I'm so glad that I you know decided
3: we have this conversation <laughs> because you know I I I would also you know in my mind wonder like you know who who's going to be looking at myself mm-hmm. you know like, mm-hmm. or you know just like who who are who are these Judges, you know? <laughs> because the, it's this thing, like, you're a judge. So to me, that means judgment. Somebody's mm-hmm. making a judgment about my work, you know? And I don't know. That's. Well, I think. I mean, it's a part of the work. But. Yeah,
2: yeah. But I think that there's something to be said about free arts and pulling together the people because yeah. what I felt in that room was nothing but um, careful joy literally like we were we were really rooting for every single candidate that we looked at and then when we had more criteria you know we did Uh have to whittle it down and it was hard it was not easy at all and the conversations that we were having from from (laughs) so for somebody who's been working at who's worked as a teaching artist who's been employing and growing and cultivating teaching artists and you know has a Mm -hmm. podcast called teaching artistry Mm -hmm. you know I think about teaching artists a lot and I, I was fully engaged, fully um, present in the whole experience and really felt like we were shepherded through that experience by Three Hearts. So the, uh-huh. the kind of care and quali- the quality of that care from yes. the organization that was leading uh-huh. this process was uh-huh. a part of that you know, even though they were calling us judges, like, that's not the way I think any any of us were viewing it, even so, though that was uh-huh. the term. But how would you I'll know that, of course? But them. I'm just saying, like, it's interesting to, to sort of think about it from the other perspective of, like, we were there to sort of, how do we help uplift an artist a teaching artist who's doing who's making some sort of impact in the work in the communities that they're working in really? and that mm-hmm. was always at the base of our conversations and it was yeah. it really felt like super um uh I don't know I don't know what the right word is I'm not gonna mm-hmm. say like I felt good about myself but it felt like we were doing something for the individual artists but also for the mm-hmm. field and that yes. was really exciting yeah yeah
3: just,
2: so what have you? So so when you found out what happened?
3: Oh my god! I cry like a baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> First and foremost, <laughs> you know it's, it's just one of those moments where you say the universe has spoken, mm. you know, and the universe is thanking you and appreciating you. And I seriously said, "Wow, this is like." thousand dollars for the past 25 years that I've put into this thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but more so the appreciation
2: Mm -hmm. and and now you're a part of their family right and so you have
1: Yeah.
2: um, what what are some things that you've been able to participate in since um, the award was announced
3: Uh, interviews I was on WBEZ and um, that was a, a very funny experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I was on with, with another three arts artist. Uh, oh God, I can't think right now because I'm talking to you, but um, one of the musicians. Mm-hmm. And he was very formal and you know, in his subtle ways and tones. And I, it was morning time, so I was trying to just you know, keep it. You know, nice and formal, and then she asked me a question, and I was like, <laughs> 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 And, oh my God, everybody just started laughing. <laughs> I uh, and, and ran into a friend who was like, "Girl, I was in the McDonald's drive-through and I heard you on the radio." And oh my god, I started dying laughing when you said. I was like, "Oh Lord, <laughs> you got it." Um, but you know, wonderful opportunities, yeah, <laughs> um, have come about such as you know exposure and media. Um, We've also received information about other grants available to us. Um, there'll be I believe some upcoming residencies later this year that uh, we will also be able to um, partake in apply. So those are some of some of the ways. Um, that they've been supportive beyond the, okay, here's your work. Um, We've had intimate lunches where we've gotten to know each other and gotten to speak to one another Mm -hmm. about current work, future uh, work, things of that nature. Um, We've also been able to speak to a, a financial advisor to receive
2: free advice <laughs> um, on so yeah so there's really great. Of things that it happened. Yeah. I love I yeah. Well I'm I'm like I said, I'm I'm very proud of you. I'm so happy that, you know, these worlds are starting to open up for you and opportunities are coming your way and I think you're gonna kill it. Thank you. Thank
1: uh, you. <laughs> um,
2: is there anything that you any questions that you have for me?
3: Um. Yes. Tell me about your role, uh, in education there at the institution. I'm sure. sure. Okay. So
2: I work, um, for the New Victory Theater, which is um located on Forty Second Street, and it's the premier theater for kids and families in New York City. Um, my. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh So we present works from around the world um, in the performing arts: dance, theater, puppetry, circus, music, and and like all sorts of like really niche kind of um, performing arts uh, genres. And mm-hmm. my role is director of education, um, school engagement. So. We work with 170 schools, bringing about 35,000 kids during the school year, close to um, another like four or five thousand during the summer, and um, working with all these different schools from around the city to bring their kids to see the shows on our stage. And we also send our teaching artists into the schools before and after they see the performances to engage in the same uh, way that the artists are working to create the shows.
3: Online.
2: Um, yeah, so my, I'm, I have a, a big um, umbrella about live performance, um, about engaging as artists um, in your classroom settings. We do a lot of professional development for our teachers. Um, we partner with the Department of Education specifically to um, conduct theater professional development teacher training for pre-K um, for our universal pre-k it's called Pre-K for All Teachers um, in the Arts um, and um, and then we also do recreate resource guides and other kinds of resources and then the other part of my job is to think about the professional um, development um, and Thinking the professional development of our teaching artists and the mm-hmm. sort of providing more, more and more opportunities for leadership within the ensemble. So much of what we do is working, uh, we work in teams of two and we work very collaboratively. And um, many of our staff members are um, uh, a, a, a part or teach as part of the programs that we run. So that sort of um, teaching artist ensemble that I'm talking about includes the teaching artists and the staff. Um, Uh So there's a lot of conversation about how do we continue to nurture the ensemble itself, the individuals within the ensemble, to think about how, you know, all the experiences that we have as artists can feed into the quality of the work that we are bringing, but also and creating, but also how we work directly with each other.
3: Uh And then are you full-time with your organization? Yes. Okay. And... (laughs) And you have been a teaching artist prior.
2: Yes. So I, I worked as a, as, a, as a teaching artist for a couple of years. And then um, I, I, I was in graduate school and had a decision to make, like, do I continue on this path or am I interested in, in working as an administrator? And um, the opportunity to work for this organization opened up when they were... Um, after they had already piloted going into the school and they were making it a, um, an ongoing pro- program. So my, my role was to grow the, uh, the classroom workshop component of the program and to start working and cultivating this teaching artist ensemble um, and with, with the director at the time. And um, mm-hmm. the selling point for me was the fact that I was going to be able to teach so like yeah so part nice. of it was yeah okay so, so
3: you get to yeah. also teach
2: yeah I mean now oh, as director crazy. it's very it's very like it's maybe once a year but at the time being able to grow a program build and grow and teach on the ground with the artists was a mm-hmm. huge selling point to me to take the job um yeah. and obviously keep the job <laughs> and continue to work and here how long did you live
3: as a teaching artist?
2: Um, I was a teaching artist for just a few years, actually. I mean, in my heart of heart, I'm, I am a teaching artist, though I don't work as one. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I adjunct. Um, um, I teach a course at, the, at NYU called The Teaching Artist as part of the Educational Theater Department. And so my, my responsibility is really keeping my ear to the ground. Even though I myself am not working as a teaching mm-hmm. artist, I mm-hmm. bring in professionals who are to start to help um these these there it's a graduate level course but like so many of them that it's just so wide a range of experience to be able Uh to help people who especially ones who are emerging but people who may not have you know who want to work here but moved here for grad school so they're you know transients but wanting uh-huh. to build a career here, so the more uh-huh. I can bring professionals into that classroom and that course to engage and network with these students is, is, is very important. So I have, to, I have to stay in the know, um, and it's, it's important to me to be able to do as much as I possibly can to support individuals as well as the field, as well as you know what's happening inside of my own programs or within the organization
3: that I work with. Oh, you sound like you're doing a fantastic job.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. And like the point of this podcast, honestly, is because I see, you know, the emerging, I see the professional, I see the leaders and I'm trying to, I'm just trying to support what's already happening out there and finding new ways to have these conversations um, that potentially could have some sort of impact, but um, certainly by no means, like one conversation is not going to do it. But I think the more that we're having these conversations more publicly um, mm-hmm. and not just behind closed doors or you know in a bar <laughs> with wine
3: yes. <laughs> um.
1: yes because you know what
3: what we're at just quickly mm-hmm. I feel like I've had these kinds of conversations with other artists mm-hmm. but again sort of like over wine or over tea over coffee mm-hmm. and a lot of them if not all of them share the same sentiment mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. But it seems like nobody is, you know, like you said, really pushing or trying to move, move the needle because we would have all these conversations and then I finally resigned and everybody else stayed. Right, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I'm trying to have these conversations in productive manners um, Mm -hmm. because, I mean, yeah, yeah, you want to be able to, you know, gripe over tea or whatever it is. But and with your colleagues Mm -hmm. and your friends. But these are these are important conversations to be having on a more um, regular and public manner that Mm -hmm. um, that's the only way that we are gonna move. And I, I do think that, you know, there are a couple of networks like the, the Association of Teaching Artists, Teaching Artists Guild, um, even um, some other kinds of organizations that are a little bit more about um, you know, the field, like the arts education field, but no understanding mm-hmm. that like you said, like you know, without teaching artists, none of us, none of this work is, uh, is possible um that there's there's more and more there's space being created to have these conversations and the more we can create that space the more i think things can shift and change and not can't it won't things that we think are not um uh you know at an equitable level can't remain the status quo it's just it's just not possible so uh, you know i really do think that um you know, I love the way you were talking and we were having, we were really into that conversation mm-hmm. and it just really made me think, oh, this is like, a, this is such a good topic to make a whole panel mm-hmm. conversation about that we could record live oh, and have it, you know, be shared on, on multiple platforms. So mm-hmm. I definitely want to work towards that. So, um, you know, you know, right, be ready for an inbox <laughs> invitation and I'll figure it out. But um, I just want to say that I, you know, I, I yeah. really, between you and Elgin, honestly, like the, I love having conversations with people I've never met before. <laughs> um, but no, I on, a, on a very serious level, like I, I really enjoyed um, uh, hearing about your story and your background, and and having this really really needed conversation with you. And I appreciate you taking the time with me.
3: Likewise, <laughs> and i <I've>, shared. <laughs> yeah. um,
2: well. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And I really, I, I wish nothing but the best for you as this year unfolds and in years to come.
0: Thank you for listening to episode 19, act two of Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body, Leda Lady sol Garcia, the Equity Uprock. Join us next time for a conversation recorded live at Lincoln Center with Ty Defoe. Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body is edited and produced by Ben Weber. Christopher Totten is the Creative Content Manager. Brandon Hutchinson is the Media Arts Coordinator. John o. Waldman wrote and performed the theme song. Tim Palin designed the logo. Visit us at www.teachingartistry.org. Follow us on Twitter at TA underscore artistry and on Instagram at teaching artistry with CJB. Like our page on Facebook, listen to us on SoundCloud, subscribe and rate us on iTunes, and be sure to share this podcast with all the teaching artists in your life.